So good morning. Uh, welcome to Troy United Methodist Church. Merry Christmas. Did you know it's 22 days away uh, from Christmas? I don't know if that uh, creates any anxiety in any of you. Um, uh, maybe just a little bit for me. I, I don't know uh, about you, but I love, absolutely love this time of year, uh, especially uh, like this is, this is my first time uh, of this season in a, in a new place. And so uh, this morning, I get here really early in the morning. Like it's, it's pitch black, it's dark. Of course, it's dark later and later in the morning these days. But, but uh, I got up and I, I, dro- I drove kind of through the neighborhood um, instead of going right out to the main road. And I got to see a lot of the Christmas lights that were still on and on people's homes. And then I purposefully drove through the downtown area uh, to see the, the kind of the lights that are kind of up and, and the, on the street poles, street light poles. And, uh, and there's just something magical about the Christmas season for me. Yeah, I get disillusioned, a little disillusioned by the over-commercialization of Christmas. I, I think a lot of us, that just kind of just doesn't sit easy with us. Uh, there's, uh, it, but especially the fact that they, the stores start displaying Christmas stuff in October, these days, doesn't, that just drive anybody else nuts. <laughs> uh, October, I'm like, I'm still thinking about what costume I'm going to wear. And there's, San- oh, maybe I'll dress like Santa. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, uh, I just love the, the rituals around Christmas time. Pulling out the Christmas tree, pulling out all the decorations. Yeah, I, I really, I could, I could go without actually decorating the tree. But I love it when it is decorated and it's all lit up. And, and I, I love the smell of my favorite Yankee candle burning, kind of the, the balsam and cedar smell. That's, that's definitely my favorite. And I, I really enjoy uh, just uh, lighting a fire, listening to some really classic Christmas carols, and having my cup of eggnog. You know, it's just this, this year, it's, uh, this time of year is, is something special. Uh, but for all the ways that I would describe Christmas and think about Christmas in that way, I, I would never choose to describe it as unexpected. Yeah, yeah, sometimes the holidays sneak up on me. You know, the 22 days thing, that scares me a little bit. So sometimes they sneak up on me. I, I get that. Uh, but uh, but I'm not totally unprepared. I, I, uh, I know what to expect. Uh, I know that things in my schedule as a pastor are just going to get a little more hectic. Uh, you know, I'm, my, my schedule is going to be full. Like, like this year, the Christmas play and and, and we've got a Christmas concert and the kids' Christmas workshop, I hope you come, and, and Christmas dinners and, and all kinds of other get-togethers. You know, the schedule starts to fill up. I, I can expect that. We, we have five candle, uh, candlelight Christmas Eve services. I hope that you come to at least one, that you invite your friends, family to, to one, uh, uh, and then Christmas Eve morning worship. Uh, this year, my wife and I, have decided that we're going to do our best to, to actually, over the Christmas season, not travel. Uh, that might be a little unexpected for our families, so you can pray for us. Uh, they, they haven't heard that news yet, and I don't think they'll be tuning in, but, but if they are, we'll, we'll tell you soon. Uh, don't hate us, uh, but, but it's, uh, there's nothing too unexpected for me uh, around the Christmas holidays. Uh, it's likely that, that your Christmas is somewhat similar. You know, n- nothing too unexpected. Uh, but regardless... Uh, Today we're launching into our new series, An Unexpected Christmas, because everything, everything about that very first Christmas was just that. It was unexpected. I have a virgin getting pregnant, an infertile woman conceiving a a prophet, uh, angels appearing and terrifying, just everyday common people like shepherds who were just out 
doing their thing, minding their own business. A star miraculously appearing in the sky, directing people toward Bethlehem. Magi, or as I grew up calling them, wise guys, uh, coming from distant lands, bearing gifts of riches for a baby who is born in the equivalent of a stable. Prophecies from the ancient scriptures over a thousand years old coming to pass. Everything about that first Christmas was unexpected. Kind of like this true story. Uh, It's from a a few years ago, but it was uh, a Canadian guy uh, was out walking, um, coming out of a store with, with an armful of presents wrapped in boxes. And as he was carrying them, he was just overcome by the holiday spirit, and he attempted to strike up a conversation with, with a, a gal who was walking by with uh, kind of dragging a, a relatively small Christmas tree. And he made some joking comment to her about how his boxes, how they were stacked so high, how they probably weighed more than that Christmas tree that, that she was dragging. And before he knew it, she had swung her tree and knocked him upside the head with the tree. And then she repeatedly beat him with her Christmas tree. Now, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that as this guy made his statement uh, to the police, it went something kind of like this. Officer, I I had no idea that she was going to hit me with her tree. It was totally unexpected. And I'm willing to go out on a limb here and and say that whenever you get beat up with a Christmas tree, it's totally unexpected. True, wouldn't you think? True story. This is a true story. Only in Canada. Um, any Canadians in here? Uh, I I apologize uh, if that's the case. But uh, now I'm not sure where you're at this Christmas. Hopefully not recovering from a Christmas tree beating. Um, I, I'm not totally sure where you're at this Christmas. Uh, I'm not sure how caught up in the old routine you are. I, I'm not sure if you are looking forward with great anticipation and loving this season or if you are dreading it. I'm not sure how much of the Christmas story is just lost on you because you've heard it so many times. I'm not sure if your heart this Christmas is wide open, just waiting for God to move, for waiting, waiting for God to speak like we sang about, or if your heart is closed off as you tend to just the everyday ins and outs, which this time of year just seem to get amplified. Now, I'm not sure where you're at, but I want you to know that I believe that God wants to give you and give me some really unexpected gifts this Christmas. You know, that's part of the Christmas miracle. I mean, maybe, maybe you don't know the, the kinds of gifts that God could give. Maybe you're not even sure if you want the gifts that God can give. But I believe in your heart of hearts that you want the gifts that God is offering. The gift of his presence, the gift of his peace, maybe even the gift of his power at work in your life. You know, many of you know the, the Bible's story of the very first Christmas. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times. It, it can be found in the first couple of chapters of the New Testament books of Matthew and of Luke. And truth be told, it is an amazing story. One that I think that oftentimes we gloss over just because we've become so familiar with it. Uh, you may want to go back in the next couple of weeks and just reread those first couple of chapters of Matthew and of Luke and and maybe even that opening chapter of the book of John, just to, just to see it, try to see it through new eyes, as if you were reading it for the very first time. 
It's an amazing story filled with completely and totally unexpected events. The story actually begins six months before Mary and Joseph ever appear on the scene. It begins with Mary's cousin who is described as infertile and well along in years. I'll let you just kind of interpret that how you want. But miraculously, she becomes pregnant. She's carrying John the Baptist, a great prophet called by God to prepare the way for the Son of God. And then the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, a virgin, probably no more than 15 years old. Anybody who's 15 here today? We just want to get a visual illustration. All right, nobody's 15. Anybody close? 14, 16, something? Okay, all right. Uh, So consider Mary, somewhere close to to that. Uh, uh, Just a young, young girl who... Uh, the angel Gabriel says, hey, you know what? You're going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit who will be the Savior of the world, the Son of God. Now, now Mary is engaged at this young age to Joseph, and as, as God-fearing Jews at the time, followers of, of God, they, they would have practiced and followed God's ways for sex and for marriage, which in short means that they would not have been intimate uh, before their wedding day. Therefore, it would have been quite alarming for her to get the equivalent of the little blue plus sign on her pregnancy test before uh, she had ever even explored anything along those lines. She was a virgin. But Mary's response to the angel was, hey, if God is speaking and calling me to this, then I'm in. I'm in. Remember, she was only around 15 years old. Another angel appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him that, that the child that his fiance is carrying is a child from God. She hasn't been unfaithful. The angel tells Joseph to not be afraid, to marry her. In fact, uh, when she gives birth to this child, Joseph is to name him and to name him Jesus. And Joseph told the angel, all right then. And he takes Mary to be his wife. Soon after, the emperor of the Roman Empire, Augustus, called an unexpected census. And he demanded that every man in his family return to their place of origin to be counted. So Joseph and his very pregnant wife make the 80-mile journey. Remember, no cars. 80 miles through the Judean wilderness, which, if you think about that, is, is a lot of rocks and and hills and, and, and just sunlight uh, beating down on Mary, who's maybe riding a donkey, to Bethlehem, which was the place of Joseph's birth. And since everyone is traveling for this census, Joseph and Mary, who are traveling rather slowly, get there late. No room left at the inn, and they have to settle for sleeping with the animals. And while they're in the equivalent of a stable, sleeping with animals, Mary gives birth to the child of God. And she lays him in what amounts to a feeding trough, surrounded by animals, and Joseph names him Jesus, just like the angel told him. Now, while all of this is going on, an angel appeared to some lowly shepherds who were out guarding their flocks at night, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel says to them what he said to Mary and what he said to Joseph, don't be afraid. I come to you with great news of joy for everyone, 
The Savior of the world has just been born. And you'll find him laying in a manger. And just then, even more angels appeared. And they had amazing voices and sang praises to God. And the shepherds said, come on, let's go and see. And so they left their flocks and they ran for Bethlehem and they found Jesus. And they told everyone there what the angels had told them about this baby. Now, to help you understand some of the importance and the magnitude of this amazing story. A little background may be helpful. Background that maybe you're familiar with, maybe you're not. But uh, because uh, it's, it's really rather simple, the Jews, the people of God, they were supposed to be watching and waiting for these miraculous events. For this glorious day when their Savior would be born. Prophecies from their scriptures, our Old Testament, predicted that this day would come. It should have been highly anticipated. And yet, reality was very few people were actually watching and waiting for this day. Why? Well, because in in essence, it had been four centuries since God had been heard. 400 years had gone by since the last prophet of God had spoken. 400 years since God's word had penetrated their hearts through a mouthpiece of God. 400 years. This time is oftentimes referred to as the silent years or the intertestamental times, that time between the end of the Old Testament and and the beginning of the New. You see, God had, uh, leading up to those silent years, had been speaking repeatedly to his people. God had sent prophet after prophet after prophet, but most of the people, they didn't want to listen, and even fewer responded. So for four centuries, it appeared as if God had gone silent. It's almost as if God was saying, hey, you, know, you, you didn't listen. You didn't listen while I was speaking. So now I'm going to get your attention by withholding my voice. And it was a very dark time for the world. As our scripture for this morning began, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward, they will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Have you ever had a period of, a long period of darkness in your life? Maybe a season filled with so much anxiety and pain that you didn't think things would ever change, that they'd ever get better. Maybe you're in one now. Have you ever wondered, well, where is God in the midst of, of all of this. You know, maybe this will be the first year that you have that empty chair around the dinner table at Christmas. Maybe your family life is on the rocks instead of comfort of your marriage or your family. You simply experience bitterness and resentment. Maybe Christmas time for you will bring some pain because your children are living far from home. Or even worse, living far from God. Or maybe you have just some great ache in your heart. Just something that that you you can't let go of and is difficult to express. So you just kind of keep it inside. Or maybe you have just some chronic illness that clouds everything. Or maybe, maybe you recognize this year that spiritual gap in your life. That, that distance between where you are and where you feel like you ought to be. 
and you're burdened with just heaviness about it. Friends, this is what just the general feeling of the people of God, what they had been experiencing for 400 years of God's seeming distance and silence. They were saying, we barely have what it takes to, to even look for a miracle anymore. God must have departed the scene. He must be talking to somebody else because he certainly isn't talking to us. Maybe that's you this Christmas. Maybe, maybe you need a miracle just as much as God's people back then in that first Christmas needed a miracle. But you're, you're just too stuck to watch and to wait for it. And so often the Christmas story is told as a little kid's story. But, but that's really not the case at all. The darkness that you may be feeling, uh, hoping for a miracle, that's how the people of God felt leading up to that very first Christmas. And maybe you wouldn't describe it as darkness. Maybe for you it's just a numbness, uh, a, 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 a ho-hum life. Lacking passion. You wouldn't call it darkness, but you certainly wouldn't call it everything that you thought life was supposed to be. God's people had to wonder, maybe like you wonder, will the light ever really shine again? Will God ever really show up again? It's been so long, I, I, I doubt that this will ever end. But sometimes, hear me on this, sometimes it's in God's apparent silence that we become ripe to respond to him. Sometimes it's in his silence that, that, that our ears and our hearts are tuned to listening to him in the first place. Sometimes it's, it's our deep longing that comes from an over, overly long period of time, of just the absence of God moving and at work in our hearts. It's that, that longing that gives us the courage to respond. Where has God gone? And then, bam, God shows up. And he begins to speak and we respond because we remember from very recent memory what it's like to not feel his presence, to not experience his voice. You know, silence actually drawing us closer to God rather than pushing us away. And think about it. When God speaks, you know, Mary, she's just doing her own thing. She's a young girl looking forward to being married. Uh, her life is about to radically change and she's, she's anticipating it. And when God shows up and speaks, changing everything, she responds unexpectedly. She doesn't say, what are you thinking about? I've got all this going on. Instead, she responds with openness when God's voice speaks. She responds with faith. She says, whatever you say, God, I'm in. Joseph, he was set on what he was going to do. He had his plans. He would break up with Mary quietly. After all, they were engaged. She was pregnant and he hadn't touched her. But then an angel of God appeared to him in a dream. God's voice spoke and Joseph listened and he responded unexpectedly. For the res this response of taking Mary to be his wife would bring all kinds of ridicule and all kinds of talk in their small, God-fearing town. The shepherds, they were just out doing their job. They were tending their sheep. An angel appears to them and basically says, hey, leave, leave the sheep. Leave them behind. Go, go into the town and see what God is doing. And so they responded unexpectedly and they walked away from their only livelihood. And they went where God's voice led them. 
the wise men. I know I didn't really share about them yet. We'll hear about them in the coming weeks. But they saw the skies. They, they, they knew when things showed up that weren't supposed to be there. So they heard God's voice through the heavens. And God can speak to you in all kinds of different ways. They heard God's voice through the heavens and they responded unexpectedly. They abandoned all of life as they knew it and they made a round trip over a year-long journey, a life-changing journey across the desert with great hope, these foreigners. You know, when God breaks the silence and shows up in our lives, he's looking for us to respond unexpectedly, to respond with faith. He's looking for us to respond to what he's saying and what he's doing and how he's leading and how he's prodding us. Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the magi, they all responded with unexpectedly strong faith when God spoke. You know, God spoke and people responded. Maybe they weren't expecting it because of the silence and the darkness that had just kind of pervaded their lives for so long. Maybe you don't expect God to show up either. But God will show up. God always shows up. Just like the scriptures read, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people who are walking in darkness will see a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned for a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The God who spoke then still speaks today. And this is the heart of Christmas, that a new day will dawn when the presence of God can be felt and the voice of God can be heard. For God has been pursuing you and me and comes to us in the birth of Jesus. So let me just ask you, if that was the heart of Christmas then and is still the heart of Christmas now, what is God speaking to your heart? What is he saying? How is God getting into your world? How is he trying to speak? In other words, What ways are you hearing that unexpected voice of God? Has God been whispering to your heart through a message or a song recently? Maybe God's been calling you out, uh, out of your comfort zones through the the Christian atheist series that we just finished. Not, Not just to believe in him, but to put your belief into practice. Maybe God's been nudging you to respond unexpectedly to him with, with, with great faith. And could it be that God's voice is coming to you through a friend or a family member or maybe your present circumstances or even your trials? The trials that you're facing are being used by God to speak truth into your life and lead you to a more wholehearted faith. How how has God been tugging on your heart? He is. What's he saying? You know, this last week, uh, last Sunday, Tim uh, spoke about gratitude. And one of the things that he shared about gratitude, uh, which I just loved to, to listen and just be ministered to and to hear the word of God spoken to me too. Uh, one of the things that he said that just sunk in with me was that gratitude is the difference between selfish living and generous living. And it fits perfectly with the way that God, God's voice has been speaking to the hearts of our church leadership in the last few weeks, calling us to unexpected generosity. Every year uh, in the recent past, I've been told that our church has taken up a Christmas offering uh, and, uh, and we've 
given 10% of that Christmas offering to the, the work of God beyond our church, uh, to uh, missions groups in our uh, in our area, in our region, uh, maybe uh, around the nation, in the world. And, and last year, uh, we gave away $1,750 from that offering. Well, well this year, uh, our leadership has decided to respond to God's amazing generosity to us, to be more generous ourselves. And it's our commitment this year to not just give away 10% of the Christmas offering that is taken, but to give 10% of our, all of our offerings in the month of December. Now, uh, that's how God has been speaking to us, and, and we wanted to be faithful to respond unexpectedly with great faith. And you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. In fact, we've got a letter just about ready to go out to everybody in the church uh, this next week, and there'll be a little video talking a little bit about it on, uh, on Facebook. So stay tuned for all of that. But I hope, I hope, and our leadership is hoping that, 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 that we'll all respond to God's voice that way by responding with unexpected generosity. And I hope that you and your family decide to be even more generous this year out, out of gratitude to God through financial giving, uh, maybe by picking up an angel off the tree in the, the lobby on the way out, which is, uh, means that you're adopting that child uh, from the Leslie Bates Davis house this Christmas, maybe by bringing food for the weekend lunch program with the, the Twigs advent calendar, which is also out there, or bringing in uh, food items for Ministries Unlimited, the, the food pantry in town uh, to uh, give out in Christmas baskets this year, maybe by inviting a friend to the, the kids' Christmas workshop or, or our play, which doesn't this look awesome? I'm in the play. I can't wait. I, uh, and maybe by inviting somebody to the play, you'll see. I think Don Satterley is really decked out today uh, selling tickets out there. Um, or, or inviting somebody to one of our Christmas concert or one of our Christmas Eve candlelight services. Will you respond to God's voice with unexpected generosity, thinking of others before yourself? You know, there aren't many shepherds uh, in the world today. Um, not many magi that, that I know or am aware of, uh, but God still speaks. And God's been trying to get through to you and to me, and he's saying the same thing that he said to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to respond in unexpected ways with great faith to my voice. I have great news for you, and if you trust me and respond to your voice, to my voice, you, you, your life will never be the same. Now, God wants to give you some unexpected gifts this Christmas as you listen to and respond to his voice. And because God loves you so much, hear this, God will go to all lengths to get your attention. Sometimes it'll come across as distance and silence. Sometimes it'll be a Christmas tree right upside your head. God will go to all lengths to get your attention because he loves you so that you would hear his unexpected voice and that you would respond by saying, all right, God, wherever you're speaking, I'm listening, I will go, I will follow you, I will trust you. And that's my hope for all of us, for our church this Christmas season, that you will open up your heart to God, be watching and waiting for him to show up in unexpected ways and to respond 
especially if you've been feeling like God has been silent in your life lately, to respond to his unexpected voice. Let's pray together. God in heaven, you do use the unexpected to speak into our lives. Lord, only you know the heart of every single person in this room right now. Only you know the, the deep longings of each of our hearts. Only you know the struggles and the pain of the situations that each of us faces on a daily basis. Only you know, God. So Father, it is my prayer that right here, right now, by the power of your spirit, you would speak to each one of our hearts in a uniquely personal way. In a way that each one of us can respond to and say, I heard God speak to me, to my heart in that song. Through that message, through, through my friend sitting next to me through the circumstances that I'm going through right now. And God, for some of us in the room today, your voice has not been heard in a long, long time. Maybe for some, it's never been heard. Draw us closer to you, Father. This Christmas, draw each one of us closer to you so that we can hear your voice. Maybe not an audible voice. That's rare. But speaking deeply and intimately to our hearts. And Lord, would you give us the courage to respond with unexpected faith? It's in the name of Jesus, the Savior of the world, that we pray.